listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wire World Pro Audio. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the panel. Um, starting right over here on my right-hand side is Brandon Birdside. And right below I me... I was muted. Sorry about that. Hello. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we're going to get this intro thing down. Obviously, it's not today. <laughs> right below me, we have Mr. Nick Peck. Hello, Mike, Brandon, Rob, and our August <laughs> panel of VO pros. What a lovely time we're going to have here tonight. And finally, over here on my left-hand side, where he should be, Mr. I've made it to 199 podcasts. That's the number we're on. Our man of the Audio Nowcast, Mr. Rob Arbiter. Rob. Hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. And I should just clarify, when Mike says that below him is Nick Peck, he means on the video conference. <laughs> Wow, Rob, Rob is on fire. He's getting that. We went there already. He's getting that. You know what? That's hilarious, though, because we do. Um, we are recording this, and we do the audio only, also. So that's funny. All Think right. of it more as like a Brady Bunch thing, you know, where you have everybody in their own individual yeah. squares and looking right. out so left is, and right at each other. So Nick is Alice. Yes. So, um, you know, we've done, yeah, we've done almost 200 episodes uh, of the podcast. And this podcast is actually one that I've wanted to do for a while because this one is our voiceover roundtable. And I'm fortunate enough to uh, know Mr. Jordan Reynolds, who's joining us today. And he brought a couple of his friends to join us. So I want to introduce Jordan. Welcome to the Yo. podcast. How's it going? All um, isolation at <laughs> rooms. And then joining us also is uh, Miss, oh man. Isa. So yeah, I know. I don't want to blow it, but I know. Isa. Uh, Miss Isa Lopez. Hi, guys. <laughs> and then last but not least, we have Mr. Tim Freelander. Hello, hello. Uh, Isa, you got to know that I butcher names like crazy on the podcast. Oh, so do I. So, so do I. I'm just, I was trying not to, and I did. Um, but yes, and I'll be honest, right off the top, I'm going to be really, really insecure on this podcast because you guys all have golden voices, and mine's like a 12-year-old with a horse, you know, a horse voice. So We don't know what you're talking about, Mike. <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> all right well first um i want to uh wish everybody out there a happy second day of passover so as it turns out um as it turns out you know in this land of coronavirus instead of going out and uh you know having a passover um i was invited with my daughter to go enjoy a zoom passover with some friends of ours uh which didn't work out because i had too much to do but since i can't get to the store I decided I was going to make my own homemade matzah. So here Ooh. it is. Here it is. Here it is. Th that is. How is that for absolutely awesome? That's a, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, so it's a good thing I'm an audio guy because Baker, not so much, I don't think. <laughs> you know what? Last night we did, our, we did do our Passover Seder over Zoom. And yeah. we went to a big Seder. We had 60 people. 
<laughs> wow. Like three or four per camera, and it was a madhouse. Zoom is definitely not ready for Passover. Got <laughs> <laughs> through it. Uh, well, I want to wish everybody a happy Passover and happy Easter. And uh, yes. So let's start this really quick. Um, you know, we were all isolated because of the coronavirus. And before we get in and talk to the guests, um, I wanted to ask you guys one quick thing. Is there anything that you're any habit or anything that you've picked up uh, since you've been locked into the uh, coronavirus forced isolation? For instance, I'll tell you mine. I am playing Call of Duty Mobile on my iPad, and I rock! I'm so good at it! I am so good! I'm just going to right there, if you want to friend me at Mike and Boom, Mike and Boom, N as in the letter Nick, then friend me, but man, I'm good. I just want to warn you guys that who knew I had those skills? <laughs> Anybody out there? I'm opening this up. Anybody picked up any really kind of fun, strange little habit? Apparently, I'm the only weird one here. I don't know if it's a habit, but because all the stores have been out of frozen vegetables, I've had to learn how to cook actual vegetables. <laughs> and so I've become, I've become the king of the stir fry, and I've managed not to uh, set myself on fire yet. So that's something. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, Mike, I've had to become a part-time teacher now. So I homeschool my kids oh. From, oh. from 8 until noon, and then I come out to the studio and try to work for as much time as I can get. But yeah. Are That's the a, biggest adjustment here. Adjustment. Are you, are you a nice teacher or are you a mean teacher? I'm pretty good. Okay. I can see that. <laughs> all about motivating them. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, not easy. Not how, about, easy. how about anybody else? I'll tell you another one. For me, like, I'm, like my studio has to be clean. I got to clean all the time because it's, it's so quick to like get out of control. So I'm always like clean my studio. It's like I just... I just have to do that, you know, whereas before I could kind of let it go. No, I just have to make sure everything's in the right spot. Well, I, what I found is um, time sort of goes out the window. So one friend of mine who I'm working with all the time says, oh, today is Blur's Day, the 97th of April. <laughs> and it really is sort of how it kind of feels. Yeah. Um, my kids are going to bed at like midnight and getting up at all hours. It's, it's, and there's only so much battle you can have um, along these lines. But the cool thing, would you like me to tell you about the cool thing that I've been doing, Mike? We talked about it last week, sure. I think, a little bit. Sure. So last week, um, I said that I had ordered uh, a 3D printer so that I could start printing uh, protective equipment for you know, people in harm's way. Well, that printer came on Saturday. And since then, I'm going to take you guys over so you can see. Since then, I have now printed, where is it? I want to make sure, that, there it is. So sitting on there right now are three hard shell N95 masks that I'm printing for the USC Keck Medical Center. Wow. Um, oh. So I've delivered six and I have another six here. These are um, face shields. I've made how many now? I've delivered about 35 of them. I delivered uh, 26 of them to the grocery outlet here in Burbank, one for every employee there. And then somebody wow. saw it and said that they have a company um, that has people that are delivering food to senior citizens. And he said, can I buy five of them? And I said, no, but you can have five of them. And so I've been making them for for them, it's, it's, you know, this is what, this is what community is. And, you know, when the government doesn't take care of us, we take care of each other instead. 
so I, yeah i've been up and like setting the alarms and it's such a geeky thing there's this thing called octoprint where you can have a server running i've got a raspberry pi connected to the printer that then talks to my phone so I can see where the print job is while I'm in the middle of it and it'll tell me when it's done so I can come and swap the print. It's, it's insane. Okay, uh, Nick, first of all, you win. You're the better human being. Oh. And boy, does that make my mobile Call of Duty just seem like nothing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I think still pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, look, uh, I've always wanted to do a, a, a voiceover uh, podcast because um, voiceover people, it, you know, for those of you out there that haven't really worked with a lot of VO artists, first of all, they're some of the best people on this planet. Um, they're great actors. It's not just, they just don't go up there and say the words. It's how they say the words. Even if it's just their voice, they, they have to act. And the really good ones are some of the best actors around. And so we're honored to have um, Jordan, Tim, and Issa with us. And I just wanted to, like, let's just talk, before we get into the technology and some of the other things and how the virus is affecting you, why don't we go around starting with you, Issa, and just tell us a little bit of how you got into voiceover. Absolutely. So um, I was a singer um, first, and then I, I, I got a really horrible uh, Sony deal that I decided not to, to sign. And uh, in my depression, I was a nanny for a little while trying to pay the bills. And that uh, the father of the girl that I used to take care of uh, knew a bunch of radio people. And they were like, Isa, there's a new format coming into Colorado uh, of radio. That, needed, that needs English and, and Spanish. They want you to go from English to Spanish on the air. And this was like very new back in 2003. So I fell into radio. I stayed uh, with uh, iHeart, a clear channel back then for close to um, 13 years. And then uh, in 2016, I was let go. Uh, and in shock, I was first of all grateful that I had built a studio already in my home, um, spent that money there. And uh, thanks to Mara, which she's not on here, but she has a lot to do with uh, my, the decisions that I made back then. Because when you're in panic mode, you know, paying the bills, your your mind can really mess with you. But um, I had enough savings to to kind of live for a year, and uh, with the step of faith and with great advice from Jordan and Mara and some other people in the VO community, I had already had about 15 years of VO, but definitely not full time. I decided to fly. Uh, on my own. And by the time that year hit, I was able to, I, I was good. And so um, I have to say, I, I'm, I've matched my income, six figure income that I used to make. And it's, it's above that now. Um, so gosh, I, um, about 60% of what I do is radio imaging, but through practice and through coaching and, you know, getting better, as, as shocked as I am, and I, talked about, I talk about this all the time with Jordan and, and Mara, I now get hired more for how I'm talking to you than anything else, which really? is uh, called Latinx, Latinx. Yeah. Very hot right now. Yeah. And so people, you know, don't get me wrong. If you want the Sofia Vergara, I can give you the Sofia. But that's, <laughs> not, that's kind of fading. Right. So um, they like that Latin urban kind of thing. And um, especially because of the coronavirus situation. I have not had any time hardly to eat during these days. Wow. Um, to the point, guys, where I have to brag 
I actually did audio today for the CDC. Wow. To, 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 to talk to the blind about what to do to protect themselves. That's cool. Goosebumps because I sing to be a voice for the blind, to, to help them in a, such a unique situation. So I'm, I, I, I couldn't be more uh, grateful, you know, to have a, a studio and, and to be prepared for something like this. This has been such a shock to everyone. So, yeah, it's been going amazing. And, and again, it's, it's days like this where it makes it so worth it. So worth it. So. Wow, what a wonderful story. Yeah. How, how about you, Tim? How did you get into uh, to voiceover? Uh, that is that's a good question. I kind of, um, I grew up in the theater. I grew up on stage. I'm a musician. I grew up um, in that kind of whole environment. And I was back, this is back in the 90s when it was like, hey, you have a good voice, you should do voiceover when that was still a viable, a viable reason <laughs> to do voiceover. But it's not like about doing any acting. Um, and I'm, I'm from Seattle, and so I started um, training in about 96 or so up in Seattle and moved to L.A. in 2002 and kind of um, bummed around trying to do voiceover for a long time um, while I played music and uh, ended up teaching for 10 years. I taught elementary school music for 10, for 10, 10 11 years. And I was done with voiceover, and I said, I'm going to quit. And... Uh, it was in August of 12, September of 2014, and I ended up going back down to a convention at Voice 2014, met a bunch of people who were kind of doing what I was doing and decided to just give it one more shot. And this was in fall of um, 2014. And in uh, June of 2016, I went full-time in voiceover, um, quit teaching, and um, have kind of worked my way back into figuring out how to get away from, as you said, the acting side of this is so important, I came from it when it was just voice and, and, and acting has always been the essential element of voiceover, but back when it was just, you have a good enough voice, you could do voiceover if you just sounded good. And so I had, I had to kind of relearn this entire industry from a whole different perspective of they don't want my voice anymore to a certain extent. A lot of the times they don't want my voice. That's true. You're right. I, I, I... yeah. It's too, they don't want you to go into that DJ kind of like, right. you know, like FM. Yeah. And I think it's somebody, somebody, um, somebody commented, like I was in a, in a class last month. I said, oh, wow, that's great, man. Did you come before all of this happened? Uh, we were still taking classes. And they said, man, it's a great read. So uh, were you, you were a DJ back in the day. And I was like, that was to me was like the most <laughs> thing I could hear because that was, that is, that's not what, that has such an inauthenticity to it. And authenticity yeah. and realness is what is what you know we go for now. Um, but I no. will your demo right now. I got to give you props though. You oh. you you don't sound like that. You have really good latitude and and you have that that for toy makers. You do that yeah. like that that manly like car guy voice really good. And that's a lot of what I do. Yeah, I do a lot of promo um, that that show now. Toy makers and we're actually on the History Channel now. So we've been on the History Channel for a year. And, um, the part of that, but that, that's, that's the authenticity. I, I, I ride motorcycles. I build, I work on cars. I, I build everything. So it, it's just a natural being authentic to that stuff, which is great. Cause I can talk about stuff that I know and I love and, you know, and, and then I get paid to do it too, which is, which is great. Um, but a, a lot of what I do now and a lot of for the last few years has been, I, I teach, I educate, um, voiceover and voiceover community and, and bring people together for classes. And that's been a lot of what I do. Um, 
more so. And so, so on the other side of this for me says that all of my work for the last two weeks has been helping everybody else get prepared so they can yeah. do their jobs right. and, and work. Um, yeah. Well, you know, like <clears throat> you're like, you're like the man's man, <laughs> you, <laughs> motorcycles and cars and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? If I was in a dark alley, I'd want you by my side. I'm just telling you. <laughs> and you know how, you know how else you'd want him when you're building a booth, not, not like a, from scratch. Well, of course from scratch too, but I have a funny short story. Tim is like the best person in the world. Like he will help anyone, anything. I, I, I loved him so much. And we, when we were moving, we were, he showed up for someone's, one of our acquaintances and we were mo taking down their booth. Right. And it's kind of like this, except it, it's big pieces of walls, right? They're just pre, it's a prefabricated booth. Was it a whisper and room? It was a whisper room, essentially. Yeah, it, some yeah, other yeah, room, but yeah. it was like a whisper room, right? Yeah. And the, I can't remember the line, but we always give Tim crap, but it's more <laughs> of a compliment because uh, me and Jeff were the two other two guys that were there. So it was just me, Jeff, Tim, and, uh, Jeff and I were like trying to carry, like pick up the smaller wall. And Tim's like, the, the heaviest wall of a booth is the one with the door in it. Okay. And Tim's like, uh, if you guys want to get that wall over there, I've got the, uh, the door wall. I got it right here. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like, Thanks Tim. Thanks. We'll get the little tiny wall, two of us. But yeah, he's a man's man. He's, he, he's strong as hell, but he's got a big, big heart. And what he does for the LA voice actor community is unprecedented. I cannot tell you how much of an impact this man has on helping people beyond above and beyond, like not for money. I'm talking like this guy, he, he has to ask for money or like he has uh, to beg to give him money sometimes for his services. So I'll tell you what, when I went to his uh, website and up popped up the, uh, the, the COVID virus, you know, if you need any help out there, get in touch with me. I just thought that was pretty awesome. So Tim, you're an awesome man. And I'm glad you're here with us. Jordan, let's go over to you. Uh, Jordan's actually been on the podcast. Um, he was actually a listener to the podcast and we yeah. met at a NAMM show, which was kind of fun. Just creeping around. <laughs> <laughs> creeping in my car when I have my day job for like five years <laughs> listening to this podcast. Commenting here and there. Uh, and I saw you at my first name when I moved to LA three years ago. And, you know, you know, I think I told the story. I heard Mike has like the most unique voice in the world. And I heard it from afar at NAM, the loudest place on earth. I heard Mike because <laughs> it's that recognizable. And I'm like, that, I know that voice. I know that voice. And I hadn't listened to the podcast for about a year or two, but your voice is so unique. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, that, that's Mike Rod, my audio now, Kev. Ah. So <laughs> rest is history. But um, yeah. oh, uh, well, how, I, how I got into VO and what's going on now with COVID and everything. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, how'd you get out? How'd you how'd you start in voiceover? My my story is kind of traditional in the way with like Tim, where it's like, hey, you got a nice voice. You should get into radio. And it, mine was more based in um, it was <laughs> the theme was older, like very elderly women. Because <laughs> I'd work in calls. I worked at Dish Network Tech Support from five thirty p.m. to two thirty a.m. And there's a lot of old ladies up at those hours. Watching <laughs> runs, all right, and. Uh, <laughs> And that was a lot of my the, the customers that would call in. And of course, at the end of the call, you say, well, is there anything else I can help you with today, ma'am? Is your problem solved? And like, no, um, but you have a very nice voice. You should get into radio, maybe. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, maybe I should. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it sounds easy. Just got to talk good. All right. So I found out very quickly after my first class and reading that it's not about the voice, as Tim was, you know expanding upon it's about your acting skills so 
I took a lot of classes, absorbed, absorbed, didn't apply a whole lot. You know, it's like you suck in all that information, but you don't act on it. Did that for years. And eventually I started taking action and I built my VO business part-time while I had an IT job working in the office. And it was actually a really good job. Paid well, they treated me amazing. Um, but I'm like, I don't wanna, this is not for me. I don't wanna work for a, you know, a, a company and, and, and I don't wanna be an employee technically. And I wanna do something more creative for the rest of my life. So I built the career for uh, about six years part-time every night, damn near. And I went full-time in 2014 and that was all in Colorado. And because of that, if you want to make money, if you want to pay all your bills just doing voiceover and you don't live in LA or New York or Chicago, you have to have a home studio, right? So it's just, otherwise you don't get access to anything. You know, I'd go into Denver studios maybe three times a year. So <laughs> there you go. So um, I built that up and, and fortunately just the nerd side of me fell into the audio side of things very quickly. So that came easy, which is usually a hurdle for most voice talent understandably so but that i figured out like more audio shit about <laughs> voiceover than the actual voice acting itself it, i was i came in lopsided so um but yeah anyways moved to la uh three years ago i've been with my i call her my wife but we're not married but we're pretty much married uh my rock star who was supposed to be here mara juno oh she is uh, a rock star she is completely wiped out today from lots of work like isa i don't even know how isa's still sitting um but she is a total she is anyways i love her to death i could brag about her forever but we moved to la three years ago and the rest is history like more work but i still and pre and post covid most of our work at, yeah like 60 percent was still from our home studios yeah. and we live in burbank wow well, so. wow well one thing i Speaking of your wife, by the way, I just got to give a plug for her. She did a live New Year's Eve read on <laughs> network. I mean, come on. You can't get any more pressure than that. Yep. <laughs> than yep. that. Uh, other than the only other one that matches is I had another friend who did a live um, award show, which is also pretty. That's also, you know. She did that. Well, okay. To be clear, though, the New Year's Eve thing was pre-recorded, but her, the she did a VH1 Divas show. Yes. And, in Brooklyn and we were like, they like literally took a janitor closet and threw a moving blanket on the wall and then put a 416 on a kickstand mic on the desk. <laughs> and that is what, she, and she had this giant notebook of copy to like cover and she introduced like Mariah Carey and all the, Patti LaBelle. Her, it was her first live announce gig and that's, she nailed it. Yeah, that's insane. So, that's, so that's, she's, yeah, that's but crazy. her and I specialize in a lot of character work and, and since we live here in LA, we get to do, you know, voice matching, sound alikes, video games we do a, you know a ton of that along with commercials we're very fortunate that we work in a lot of different genres it makes it extra fun so which i think you kind of have to do being a voiceover person right because you i mean there's there's not like there's not like one thing that really carries it it's it's all kinds of stuff right because right. i mean think about it promos a lot of promos now are going without voiceover you know, I remember when I got in and I was mixing, you know, promos, you'd always have a VO track. Well, I've mixed promos, you know, years were, and you wouldn't have a VO track. It would be, especially, you know, look at some of the stuff that FX is doing and, and Fox is doing on some of their stuff, you know, the, the voiceover for the promos. But having said that, go on the video game side of things. You got voice acting all over the place nowadays. Yeah. And the mobile too, right? Mobile. Let's mobile talk game, about- yeah, Mobile apps, mm -hmm. 
Let's talk about um, your guys' home studios a little bit um, and what you're using. And uh, like, like Issa, what are you using? What could, that looks like a really interesting, nice little microphone. Oh my gosh. And this is where my husband would come in. So, okay. <laughs> and Jordan, Jordan is now. a, yeah, Jordan is um, a test to this. So my big mistake when I first started is I had radio engineers build my voiceover studio. So I even had uh, a, a $2,500 Vox Pro machine to edit. Like, I, I, like when Jordan and Mara came to my studio in Colorado, in Denver, oh. when I used to live there, Jordan was like, WTF, what did you buy? I have a, a, a huge Mackie recording studio board, even now. And Jordan's like, why did you buy this? And, it's, and I said, because they told me to. And he was like, oh my gosh. But now... I still have that Mackie. I have a Scarlett Focusrite. Yep. Yep. Um, I have uh, two, and and I didn't know this prior, but I I did know that there was a device that could help you with the Grace amp for two mics. So I bought two Grace um, preamps. Uh, ones. Nice. That's yeah. Fine choice. Okay, and, and that was because of Josh Goodman, another amazing talent. Um. So, and then I have a, a Sennheiser um, 416 and that's, a, I use that a lot for uh, the radio stuff. And the reason why is because if I do travel to any voiceover stuff or whatever, and I have to set up in a hotel, I, everyone that I admired had one. So I'm like, I'm getting that because I'm the bomb like them. So <laughs> I'm going to get that. And then uh, my first mic was the TLM, which I'm speaking with right now. Yeah. Is that the, the TLM? 103. Uh, 103. One, correct. Correct. And then the best thing that I have ever done, I have to say this because everyone, well, I don't know, Jordan, if you've had this horrible or Tim ha happen to you, but let me just quick, real quick. I have switched you guys to a Mac and let me tell you why. You did? <gasps> okay. When, when changing to a, another humongous agency, my first job with this agency <laughs> last February was for the MLB network. Okay. So as I'm doing this session for the b baseball promos that they wanted in Spanish, everything went fine. And mind you, I was on the PC. And as I hang up the phone, no. everything in the studio went black. Now, of course, I went in denial at first. I said, mm, what is this? It was black. I smelled some smoke. It was over, you wow. guys. It was absolutely over. I had to contact my agent, tell them what was going on. And I'm Puerto Rican and female, so I was having a cow. And anyway, I had to thank God my husband works at home because Jordan knows I don't know anything about this tech stuff. So he got out the travel rig, set it up as if we were in a hotel. I remembered all the instruction that the MLB network told me. I re-recorded it send it to them. And then that day, that day, I went into that Mac store and bought the pro whatever uh, it is. Did you get an iMac and pro? I, the big old screen? I got the most expensive sucker in there. <laughs> and I said- That's gonna last you a lifetime. You know, and it's, it's made uh, life so much easier. Uh, so wait, are you saying baseball has been very good to Very, you? very good. <laughs> is is that the level of butterflies that happens <laughs> when that happened like when everything went black you go into an amazing level of denial 
uh, it was horrible. I, I don't wish that upon anybody. Oh, anybody. So. <laughs> hey, well, you'll get a lot of sympathy because we've all been there. We've all had those kind of just the worst technological breakdowns at the worst possible time. So Isa, that was, but now you're thriving and now you're doing great. And with your TLM 103, which is one of my favorite microphones. So, awesome. Um, Isa, would you, would you like to know why the Sennheiser 416 is a microphone that's used for VO actors? Would you like to know why that is? I would like to know why, yes. The, the reason is, I mean, you wouldn't think that it would be a good choice because it's a hypercardioid shotgun microphone. The reason is because they are used on set all the time on the end of a oh. boom pole to record actors. And then the actors go in to do ADR and they have to use the same mic that they used out in the field. So they shoot with a 416, bada bing, bada boom, people record VO on a 416. Well, I just, everyone I looked up to, I saw their hotel rooms and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I am like them. I'm going to go out and get it. Well, you know, and the and the 416s when you when you record VO, they it does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. It, it's it's sharp, it cuts really well, and, and it's you know you don't have to do a lot of EQ gymnastics to get it to sound the way you want it to sound. Well, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, so I hired a professional, George <laughs> Whitman, and George Whitman. Uh, with him and and he just did his thing and set it up with all the buttons and it is what it is that's great yeah <laughs> tim how about you tell us a little bit about your setup and when did you switch to a mac oh wait. Um, <laughs> switched to a mac in february of 2000 but i had a sony vio laptop that did the exact same thing that, <gasps> and uh that was yeah that was that was a that's a whole other story in and of itself um <laughs> Yeah, I went to a MacBook Pro um, at that point, and I'm on my probably fifth iteration. I had my first home studio when I was in Seattle. I turned my entire basement into a, well, I guess I had my first home studio, and like, first time I had two tape players I could record back and forth on too, so back in, you know, back in the 80s or whatever that was. Um, the first kind of real studio where I started doing voiceover was when I moved to LA, and that was in my closet. And then I've moved up about 10 years ago into this back house, which uh, Jordan's been here which is about a thousand square feet. Um, when I moved up here, it was just literally, it was plywood, plywood floors and plywood walls. And the booth had been framed in and I finished it from there. And over the last 10 years, I've kind of done a rebuild on it. Two years ago, we did a full rebuild of the booth in six days to get ready for a client, <laughs> which was like 18, 18, 20 hours straight. We started on a Friday and at 4.30 a.m. on the following Wednesday, we recorded our first, first session in here. Wow. Because wasn't the story, I don't know if you're allowed to tell what game or games it was, yeah. but some big game, right? And they're like, yeah, we'd like to uh, book your studio out for four months or some shit yeah. like that, right? And you're like, oh, I better get my my my, my booth a little bit better. It was good. It was good. But, you know, I'm like, really sure good. on Wednesdays, we got to stop for the long guy between like noon and two. We'll be fine. You know, so I had, had to really do a full, you know, full build on it. Um, and then right now I'm running... Um, I've been running the Apollo uh, Apollo interfaces for a while, for about four years now. I'm on my third one. Um, I upgraded, and then I have a travel rig um, with the Apollo Twin. And 416 is my main mic. Has been in here for a long time. I'm as Jordan was asking what I'm talking on now. This is an M930. Um, Geffel, Geffel, who, who has the correct answer to that? Geffel. It's Geffel. Geffel. I like Geffel better, but that's okay. No, <laughs> making fun of me when I say I have a Geffel. Like, ah, you don't have a Geffel. 
um, Gefell M930, which um, my one of our other studios um, bought one, and I thought it sounded amazing. So I, of course, I had to go get two of them to one up him. Um, and running this through uh, through through uh, most of the time, I just go directly into the into the Apollo, um, and that for ninety percent of the stuff that I do is is directly into the Apollo. I have um, a pair of um, Shadow Hills uh, Gamma Pre's that sit there and then I have an um, a MK, uh, a MK2, a 610, UAD 610 MK2 um, that I now is what I, I use um, for most everything of that. And then I got a patch base so I'm able to kind of swap things around um, primarily for voiceover. But now um, with all this stuff, I've actually been, we've been doing, um, we've been recording music in here for the last year and a half or so. Drums sound phenomenal in here. Uh, it's a small, small space, about 10 by 10 in here. Um, but the drums, it's smaller than what I thought would have worked in here, but it sounds phenomenal. Uh, Mac mini with, uh, I got a screen here in the booth and I've got three out in the control room. Um, the Raven, um, that I use basically just as a, as a control panel. Um, but I don't actually use it for the software. Is it basically a fancy touchscreen on the desk? Um, and that's about it. I have a, um, I have a Stam, uh, U87 clone that I use for my, anything for U87, which sounds great, but I've been actually on this gefell for uh for a few months now and it's my main mic that i, I really like it out of the 416 uh tim i think your voice would sound great even if you just had like a radio shack uh, pzo <laughs> microphone and run it into a tape recorder <laughs> you have that re you have that resonance you know yeah. thank you that's what i did I try and sell it if I can. You know. <laughs> hey, uh, Jordan, uh, tell us a little bit about your your setup there. Um, all right, I'll start. Well, we actually Mara has her own studio, and I have my own studio, which we're very fortunate. But it's it's so nice because we don't have to. Because for the first year and a half, we were like, okay, I need the booth. No, no, okay, how much are they paying you? No, okay, my, well, my client's paying more, so I need to go in the booth. I get it for you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't kill each other, oh but gosh. it was pretty. It was like literally a musical booth. Um, and but now for the past probably almost two years at this point uh the booth you see behind me is made by studio bricks they're always in nam they're like tucked in that top yeah. far corner in the middle yeah, yeah they're but you they stick out but it's like a giant lego set so you, it, it's mostly toolless and you there's just big pieces and you go Kunk. so mostly you can do it by yourself but you need another person for that door which is a glass door actually um it's, it's just closed right now but um <clears throat> It's about a five and a half by five and a half inside. And I know it's a square bad for acoustics, but it just, for this room, I, it, I just I wanted to make it, it just, it was for the room. All right. Don't judge the acoustics, but it sounds great. You've heard it. Um, Jordan, are you as happy with that as I, as I think I have been jonesing over studio bricks for a long time. Are they as good as they look? I love it. I mean, I, yes. And, and you can, you can customize the hell out of it when you order it. It'll take forever to get here many months cause it's from Spain, but yes, overall they, I think they make the best door seals out of all the prefab booths. Hmm. And I, I, I feel like, and based on my research, I believe they block the most noise getting in, you know, how's the ventilation? Because that's the biggest thing that we found. I, um, I'm not an expert on it, but as far as what it comes with, uh, it, I find it way better than a lot of the prefab stuff because usually the prefabs come with just a computer fan, right? It's like a yeah. 120 millimeter fan that you have, may have two speeds on and then there's all these like baffled things you have to put on the yeah. side and that takes up more space and then a, like a robot arm hose and shit. So she, she's working out of a vocalbooth.com booth, which is great, but um, the ventilation isn't as powerful. 
this one has like a, a unit mounted inside and it's some commercial, I think it's made, I can't remember who makes it. It's some company, but it's about this big and um, it's got five speeds on it. So mm. I keep it on wow. two and you can't hear it unless I'm really cranking the gain. Turn it up to three. It, most people aren't going to notice it. I hear it, but then four and five, it's a little louder, but even then you could, I've been in louder booths in, in town. So um, I, I really love this thing. It's not, it's a motorcycle drives by, it's still going to cut through, you know, yeah. there's only so much. All right. It, there's some studios where that happens. So that's, that's I not know. that big of a deal. I've been down and they're like, just wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you so, this. I, well, really quick. I, uh, I use, like I said, I used Jordan for the first time um, last week and his booth sounded fantastic. It was really good. It was, it actually made Jordan sound way better than I thought he was going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, in person, I actually said, I'm like, hey, I'm Jordan. <laughs> Jordan, how much did the booth cost? I'll bet the shipping from Spain was just monstrous for it. It's been a while. I can't, but the shipping, I think, was at least like a few thousand. Yeah. Did it come with a paella? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, in total, because it was customized, we added that bright yellow paint job. Um, bigger window than standard. Um, I can't, I think it was like, it was either 13 or 15 grand. That's a used Honda. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know, but it's going <laughs> to last forever, right? No, yeah. it's, look, it's it, paper itself. Yeah, it's, it's called investing in your tools. You know, if you invest in your tools, yeah. especially in your pro tools, you know, like your VO booth or microphone or whatever, man, that's what's going to separate you from the pack. Hey, yeah. one of the reasons I'm going to, we're going to, um, keep going but one of the reasons why i wanted to bring all you guys on because you have your your own system and you're all working during this this virus which is so weird but in some ways the vo people you guys are used to working by yourself you guys are used to working you know getting sessions like this i i was wondering if you guys knew anybody back when i was you know i've recorded a lot of voiceover um and i i'd find the artists that would have their own booth and there'd be a lot of VO people that didn't have a booth. And that always shocked and surprised me because to me, that would be a no brainer. That would be like an audio mixer that didn't have a home pro tool system, which there are a lot of believe it or not, but it's just as insane because it's just like found money that you could do. I mean, now during the, the virus, do you guys know anybody that, that wishes they had a home studio set up? <laughs> yeah i i have talked to many i'm sure iso's had many and i, I bet tim has talked because tim is such like the central hub figure of the la voice actor community i bet he's talked to like 30 crying people all i've done i, I i've done uh 15 today oh man well emails today um uh shocked is shot well i guess shocked at those who don't have a production of a, a, a record a studio that they can record jobs from at home. I'm not surprised that there aren't as many people who have that. A lot of people have audition quality studios, which, you know, I think Jordan, you know, you've done casting as well that, you know, to a certain extent, if the performance is good, that'll override the audio quality. If we know that we're yeah. not, you know, not trying that we're going to go to a real studio. That's not their, you know, not the back of their car or whatever. Actually, I've heard, I've, done a fair amount of jobs work for my car too so you can make your space work um but those who don't have anything mm. i'm shocked at those who don't have anything who who just and and don't don't have the even the ear to tell that 
their phone is not going to cut it for a professional right. job. Um, and, and this is, you know, and it doesn't take much for you to go, okay, well, this is what we want to hear. And they go, oh, well, of course it's not going to work. But just they don't have that ability to make that comparison or the experience to make that comparison of what their space at home sounds like compared to the space that they're used to working in. They walk in, they put headphones on, it sounds good. You walk in right. your closet, you kind of cover your ears up and you talk and it sounds good. Um, but there have been, I mean, I, I've, I've had, I've had a, at least one person in tears contact me to, to asking to come into my studio to work. And I just, I said, I can't, you know, we, we you know, you saw our, the website, we, you know, we shut down on, I guess a little over two and a half weeks ago. I think the, the first, the first Wednesday that we really got into having any kind of issues, right. I just didn't want to expose anybody, anybody sure. to that, you know? Um, yeah. But you know, trying to get them to let me, to, trying to get me to let them come in here and record because they can't, they're unemployed. They are unemployed. Yeah. No matter whether you've been doing this for 40 years, for four days, whatever you, if you have no home studio, you do not work. Wow. Yeah, that, that's what's so amazing is, is the, the veterans that have been doing this for a while. It's not, you know, it's not that difficult if you really think about it to get a good sound for voiceover, get a small, you can get like a zoom recorder. You can get a, a spend some money on a, a microphone and go into your closet. Your closet is a great place to record voiceover. Just, just all that clothes and everything. And so at least to get you, you know, to be able to do something that's, that's usable. I was always surprised. I've been in a lot of casting sessions and you know, you know how casting sessions go. You just, nope, 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 nope. You listen to maybe a second to five seconds of everybody. And I was always surprised when the laptop people came on or when the, when the uh, iPhone people came on, because you can't tell anything. Like you, you just, you can't, it's just, it's just yeah. not going to happen. And I, I always found that, really surprising like okay this is what they want to do and yet they're using their phone to to, to do their their, yeah. best, their best shot well yeah. i have i have a, i have something to say along those lines uh mike so uh isa and and tim you probably don't know this jordan does i'm the audio director of disney publishing and so i work with you know triple a actor voice talent all the time and um Obviously, this has been like a, you know, a nuclear bomb into the middle of what it is that we're doing. But the reason, Mike, why some of those people don't have home studios is because they don't need them. They're union talent and they're working all day long and they just go from, you know, from Mark Grau to Igloo to mm -hmm. this studio to that studio all day. And wow. so they never thought that the situation was going to come up where, you know, they would have to go and set up their own their own room and have to be an engineer they're an actor right i mean that's their that's their deal it, you know i mean to some degree you know you would ask well does uh you know does tom hanks have his own you know camera rig at home i mean maybe he does but he doesn't you know he doesn't go and he doesn't go and film himself right and so it's sort of the same the same idea um along those lines some of them do Corey Burton, who is Captain Hook and a whole bunch of other people along those lines, is a total audio nerd along with the rest of us. And he has this incredibly gorgeous voice and he has an incredibly gorgeous microphone collection to be able to go along with it. Um, but I would say that for like the real top tier talent, he's probably more the exception than the rule along those lines. Um, but don't you think really quick, don't you think um, the industry, they should, like the industry's changed, you know, the know. days of, of, 
I remember, you know, back in the day, I recorded Don LaFontaine for um, some trailer stuff. Uh, and this is back at CCI Digital. And he had a driver that would literally take him from session to session to session. Yeah. And he'd come in and he'd do his thing. And by the way, when you record Don, like you, you let Don do his thing because you hire Don for Don, right? He, he doesn't, he didn't, um, not that he didn't take direction because he was really, he was a sweet man, but you just knew what you were getting, you know? But those days are, are over towards the end. You know, okay. it was a rarity to actually have voiceover talents come in, come into the studio. I, it depends. I, Go on. Sorry, sir. Oh, no, it's okay. I was going to say, now, Jordan and, and, and Tim, I haven't had friends in the VO business hit me up because they don't have a home studio. I think it's because I'm in Colorado and most of the people that I know and that I would, you know, send a referral to someone are yeah. set up, you know. Now, yeah. I have had a lot of followers uh, on social media ask me about Source Connect. Now, I don't remember who yeah. posted this, but one thing I'm very surprised of uh, on social media, one of the people that I follow um, put out a warning about a week ago to the whole VO community that is, you know, connected, saying that a lot of these people that are desperate and are using Source Connect with these, with talent, okay, and these people are new to Source Connect as in the talent, they're having, you know, accidents during the session they don't know how to fix it so it was kind of a call of you know here's a video on youtube you guys need to educate yourself but what really surprised me is that in the post um george put himself which i was like what he said a lot of people hit him up because they thought that once you do get source connect mm -hmm. it will make you sound like you are in a super pro studio the actual right. source connect and i'm like what so anyway i had to put this <laughs> i had to put that out there like no man it don't work that way so yeah so you're saying source connect in a laptop just it's just not the magic. it's kind of like me saying oh let me put on these spanks and it'll be i'll be 130 pounds it doesn't work that way <laughs> wait no. Wait, with Spanx, it probably does, though. <laughs> <laughs> Ads tell us. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> I, I, I saw that post. I saw something similar. Okay. Yeah. It, it's not, you know, people are like, well, I just, you know, my, my agent said to get source connect, and I have to do this, and I have to do this. And finally, you got to step back and be like, hey, do you even know what it, what it does and what's the purpose of why you're doing this? Yeah. And let's take a step back and see, great, so you're going to have source connect. And so now everybody will be able to hear how bad your space sounds. It's not just <laughs> you. So you got to know, you know, know what it is and, you know, take a step back and go, boom, boom, tech, good, great. What about the space you're in first? You can yeah. you really do so much. If you, doesn't matter how, you know, you buy a fancy microphone, you're going to have a fancy microphone picking up a really bad space. So, you know, take a step back and figure out what are you trying to achieve? What do you need to do? And what can you realistically actually do? Can you take, you know, you live in a place that's all tile and hardwood floors and you don't have any closets. I, you know, go, Go sit in your car and that's as close as yeah. you're going to get you know getting source connects not going to make your you know your tile bathroom sound like you can go to broadcast by any but there was definitely this misconception about what what is source connect what does it do i just have to i'm told i have to get it because all the studios have it okay well if i have it then i'm going to be just like the studios yeah well you know so what to twist that oh go ahead no i was going to say so um so randy coppinger my dialogue manager has been very hard at work blogging about um, remote recording to try to help VO talent uh, learn all of this stuff as well. 
And we have been doing a ton of research over the last couple of weeks to try to figure out what alternatives there are to Source Connect. Have you guys looked at Twisted Wave or at Audio Movers or at a couple of these other things like that? The problem with Source Connect is you have to have like a copper ethernet cable connected, right? I mean, it's very, very finicky along those lines. Um, Tim can definitely address this because he, Tim being amazing superhero Tim, him and a group of, of, of his friends, I just helped for like 10 minutes. To, yeah. to, they spent like a full week setting up a new system where that addresses that very problem, Nick, where essentially oh. you can connect through just using Google Chrome and you don't have to have ethernet and through other sources that are all free. Yeah. So, so Tim, what? to explain. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing what he's doing. It's, um, yeah, we, well, the first thing that happened, um, so to give a little background on what we have, like we have actually, we have five locations in Los Angeles in my studio. We're all single, single booth studios. And we can basically kind of ring Los Angeles. And then we have one in Colorado we just opened up. Um, all talent owned and operated. We're 100% all voice op, voice talent and engineers. So we, we, we all work both sides of the glass. And the first thing, as soon as this came up, was I was trying to think of what, what do people come to us for a lot of the times. A lot of times it's they come to us because they need an ISDN connection or they have source connect at home, but they don't really know how to use it. So they come to us for a yeah, source connect yeah. connection. So first thing I did was like, you know, oh, well, can't be that hard to build, to do an ISDN bridge. You right. know, you source connect here and you have ISDN here. So, you know, cool. Somebody you needed it on a, on a Sunday. This is Saturday night. I said, sure, we'll have it. We'll have it up and running for you on Sunday morning. 10 days later, we had it up and running. Um, but originally we started just trying to be able to bridge source connect to ISDN, which you can do, source connect has their own bridge. You can, you can do it with them. Um, and IPDTL has um, an ISDN bridge as well. You can do it through IPDTL, um, which is internet protocol down the line. Um, Kevin Leach uh, in in the UK, I believe. Um, and I use that a lot. If it'll, if it'll. Um, and those are those are the the kind of the, the the main ones, I guess, for for right now. And so we just tried to figure out what we could do if we could bridge Source Connect to ISDN. And it took us took five of us. 11 days and actually we read had our very first live session yesterday in the morning and then actually had to revamp it because we found it had some issues with the morning session and fix it in the mm -hmm. afternoon um but basically what we what we are able to do now is, is to connect anybody on any service to anybody else on any service um without latent without, latent, without loop back well, that's um, good the hardest thing to do and that took us 10 days to figure out routing nightmare routing routing nightmare because okay. Audio's coming and going on the same channel. So how can you split, right. uh, split things off? So it took us 10, 10 days, 10, 10 and a half days um, to figure it out. But we can we can connect. I can connect a phone line to ISDN if we needed to. I can connect Badalgo Call, which is a free service. Yeah. Um, like Source Connect Now, Badalgo Call, um, Session Link Pro are all the kind of the browser-based ones. Um, so we can connect any of those to any other service. So we can connect basically, and we can bridge anything. Um, we can, we've got five five studios set up to do that, so we can do five simultaneous bridges at one time, um, and have control over um, feeds going in both directions. Eliminate the loop back. And our very first session we did yesterday was um, a two picture with um, from Fox to somebody's studio here in LA, because his ISDN wow. went down and he in a, in a rush needed us. So our very first thing wow. was was a live to picture, um, and we had a loop back issue in the morning. And we got it fixed by the afternoon and, and got it got it done. 
Um, hey, Tim, really quick, because we're going to move on really quick. But I want, can you um, plug your studio? You know, if people want help doing this kind of stuff. And then yeah. Um, resets. Um, so my, my location is Soundbox LA. We're Soundbox Studio Group. Um, we've got um, website is soundbox.la. And we, uh, I started out doing music here, but it's been it's entirely voiceover for the last, uh, last three and a half years. I've been public for the last three and a half years open public. So lots of um, Hollywood, Studio City, uh, Sherman Oaks, Westside, and Redondo Beach, and Pagosa Springs, Colorado. You know what? I'm going to put links also on the post when I, when I post this because um, go to his website. It's, it's pretty cool. Look, I wanted to, um, one thing I, you know, we're, we're going to go a little long, but I want to move on from, uh, from the technology of voiceover. And, and it's great to see that there's a resource like Tim out there for people that need to help with all this stuff. But um, I'm a firm believer on, on voiceover talent. I'm a firm believer on, you know, if you want to bring up the quality of whatever you're working on, just get a real guy, get a real, real VO talent out there. And it's just going to raise the level of your production from that amateur to that pro super, super easy. And a good example is I was cutting a, a trailer and I, and I needed a voiceover. So I called up my friend Jordan and I said, Hey Jordan, can you run a couple lines for this, you know, for this trailer is doing? And, uh, and man, I tell you, <laughs> Jordan made all the difference. It's so, it was just the first time I cut it and I heard it, I was just like, yes, this sounds so good. And it was because, because the voiceover talent and it wasn't me. <laughs> and, and, but it, I'm serious. And, and for you guys, there's a lot of different rates. You can get people, you know, 250 but you can get people into the thousands it all depends on what it is and i found all voiceover people are willing to work with people and and they do freebies and help with pitches and things like that because it's just one big community but in order to do and work with voiceover talent there's definitely things you want to do and you don't want to do and i'm telling you this because i really want new producers and new editors and new people out there to to seek out some of these online resources and some of this online talent, but let's just open up with some do's and don'ts coming from the voiceover talent. What would you say is a, we'll start with you, Jordan. Give me one do, one don't when a, a new director is working with you. Shit. Um, do have the final, 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 final version of your script or the session oh. or when the session starts yes. right it's not because i need to memorize it but it's like if all this because what will happen is is there'll be like there'll be literal typos in it or they hate how it sounds and then there'll be i can do it because i have my monitor like i have my my mixing desk set up mirrored into that booth on a screen in there but a, not every home studio talent has a, like a full-blown keyboard and, and they and knows how to edit a pdf which is fixed text Right. So like a lot of times we get PDFs and they're wanting to make like seven different sentence, like delete one sentence, type a whole new sentence, change stuff within a sentence. Right. So just have it as ready. I know when there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, it can get complicated. So I empathize with all the red tape that you can go through, especially in advertising. But just try to have it as finalized as possible for the session, because this is going to make everyone everything go smooth, more smooth and and get done quicker. So that's a do and a donish, I guess. That's okay. Really quick to, to piggyback on what Jordan's saying too. Look, if you know your tools, 
well enough, especially if you're like an audio editor, if you're a one man band and you're directing and editing, like know what you can edit and know what you need to have reread. I mean, oh, there's that's good. That's good. There's certain things that, that, yeah, there's certain things like if, if they nailed the front end, then don't redo the front end. Just do the parts that you did because right. you're, you're putting it together, you know? Tim, how about you? Give me a do or a don't. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I would say do, if you, if you haven't ever gotten in the booth and tried to read as a talent, do get in and try to see what it's like from that side of the glass. That's, um, that's great. Ah, yeah. That's really good. Have that experience to see what it's like, to see what it's like when you can't hear anything on the other side and you're convinced that they're talking about how terrible of a job you're doing. <laughs> what it's like to, to not be able to, to not be able to hear yourself back. Okay. And know what it's like to be in that situation when you're like, you're, you're stressed and you're in a small booth. What's that like to be in that confined space? Um, That's great. And then I would say the, the, only, the only thing I would say is also is, I guess, don't mistrust your talent. Do trust the person you're coming in is going to bring something to your project. And it's okay to have an idea of what you want to hear, but maybe let them come in before you give them any preconceived idea about what you want to hear and just see what your talent does. See what they can give you from their creative standpoint. Cause we're all, we're, we're actors, we're creators too. And so we, you know, we can bring them all voice talent can bring a lot to the table from the creative side of things. Isa, how about you? Those were all really great. That was really, especially the last one. That was excellent, Tim. How about you? Any do's or don'ts? Um, I would say, and, and I have a amazing, I bet you I'm going to win out of all y'all. The, the, <laughs> the nightmare story at the end, you said you wanted us to do a nightmare story, yeah. but, but, but okay. But besides that, most of the time I would say anything that's above five minutes long, depending on the creative um, way that it's going, try as much as you can to do a session with the client. When I started to work from home full time, yeah, I used to, you know, do cartwheels like, oh, I get to do this by myself, you know, and, and sometimes you do two and three things because the client is not on. And so it, it, it's, it's always good. It's always good because then if they do come back, you're going to get some more money. You know? Yeah, and just to clarify, you know I mean? context, yeah, I mean, you get paid. Recording yeah. alone, right? Because we actually we have clients who will send us a script, and like even what you're gonna do with me, Mike, right? You said this is a great example. The gig, Mike just and I just did together. He's like, hey, I got a script for you. here. I'll just here's a direction. He's gave me some verbal direction. I'm like, okay, I could record this alone and just send you the file afterwards. But why don't you just hop? Let me just hop on the on on. I got him on Source Connect now, actually, so he could listen in high high fidelity. But even just the phone patch. It's so much better, like he's just saying, right? And so many people are afraid of sessions. Listen, yeah. I've had I've had fifteen plus people in my ear, mm -hmm. so you, you gotta just jump in the in the pool of cold water and get it out of the way. Another do, and this is this is the best thing for your business. Period. No matter what you do, somebody very very successful in Los Angeles. Which, by the way, as as directors that I'm speaking to you right now, I'm about to embarrass myself. So, uh, my first session with this cat in LA, he said, "Okay, Isa, A B C," and I said, "A B C D E F G." I had never heard that term, you guys. <laughs> he was so polite. He goes, "No, no, no, Isa, you do it three times." He was so polite, but I will always remember that because that is very embarrassing. That's horrible. But anyway, he told me it was horrible. 
but he didn't embarrass me. He was no. like, no, right. no, no, Isa, you know, it, it means three times, you know, you do it three times, please. And I'm like, oh, okay. But when I thought about it on the plane back to Colorado, I'm like, oh my God, what an idiot. Anyway, so he told me, no matter who you're in a session with, they're human, Isa, they're just like you. And I've come to realize that when I talk to you during the session, no matter who you are, the client, the director, it don't matter. You guys are just people yeah. and, and it's, it's appreciated. And then people remember you for it. That, you know what, Lisa, that's a great point because I, I'll tell you what, I think from an engineering standpoint, from the other side of the glass, a, a piece of advice that I would give you know, new engineers who, who are just now starting to work with voiceover people is, you know, don't, sometimes voiceover sessions can get very tense, especially when the client is paying a lot of money and they're not getting what they want from the talent. Now, as an engineer, you kind of have to play right down the middle, right? Don't, don't throw any attitude because you can really help. If anything, be on the, on the, voiceover person's side because you know they need an ally they need somebody that that's just not going to be against them especially if it's a it's a tense situation now granted most of the time it doesn't happen everybody gets along but man i've been in a couple sessions where it got a little tense and just the fact that i was just you know really nice and just say okay stand by okay roll them all right how's it going how's it going over there you know or maybe when the Clients are, are talking in the background, um, having a little conversation just to kind of break their ass because it really can help the performance. And after all, all you want to do is make everybody happy on both sides by the, you right. know, at the end of the session. Nick, how about you? You have any do's and don'ts? Because I know you oh, boy help people all the time. Boy, I have so many. Um, Give me one. <laughs> how many hours do we have here? <laughs> well, let me, let me, let me talk. Let me, um, let me expand on Jordan's comment a little bit because I think this is very important, right? He was talking about having your script together. Um, another thing that's very important and that is a service if you're a first time director or producer and you're working with the talent um, is you have to respect their time. And the way that you do that, you know, when we hire voice talent, it's usually, you know, it's in, it's in blocks of sessions, right? So we might work on a session that might be three hours long. Well, you have to figure out ahead of time how many lines a talent can re record within that period of time, right? So let's say it's 120 lines an hour. So, you know, maybe it's 200 lines an hour. It really depends on what the content is and, you know, who the person is, right? But it's, it, you know, it's, it's like that. Um, you can't go in there and bog down the session by being too precious about something. So if there, you know, if you've got... 200 lines you got to get through. You can't sit there and worry, you know, every last word on every last line. What you do instead is you do just what Issa said. You can record an A, B, and C. And then you go, and what we like to do is we comp on the fly, right? So the engineer will say, okay, uh, let's use, you know, the first four words out of A and then two out of B and then boom, they'll whip it together in Pro Tools. We will hear it, good enough, awesome, move on. You know, we can do a little bit of cleanup later. But that's really important. And then the other piece um, that also is very respectful to, you know, the, this amazing talent is don't go and write more stuff while you're in the session. Don't go and add more stuff. Oh, could you just do this? Oh, could you just do that? I mean, I, I know you guys are cool. And of course, 
you know, sure, if it turns out that we missed something and we have to record three or four lines, I know that's cool, but it's not cool to, to pay you for, you know, this much work and then add another chapter on top of it, right? And so you really have to be on top of the content before you go into the session. That's fantastic. That is, <clears throat> that is awesome. Well, we're going to move on. Oh, you know what, though? Piggyback, one thing I want to piggyback on what you were saying, Nick, is, is um, and this is actually after you get off the line with all the voiceover talent, um, is as an engineer, be organized. Oh, right. Yeah. Take notes and be organized because the, I guarantee you the client is going to fall in love with some take and they're going to know what take that was. And you might be on take number 35 and it was back in number, you know, 3C. So have your pen, your paper and just write those little notes, man. And it's, it's just going to save you a lot of frustration. Moving on. Um, Rob, you still with us, brother? You have I any, am. You have any, you have, any, you have any voiceover? And I'll get to you, Brandon, right after you have any voiceover do's and don'ts before we move on? Because we haven't heard from you for a little bit. Uh, well, actually, everything everybody's been saying has been pretty good. My, my main thing when we've done voiceover, we've done a ton of voiceover at my place and a lot of character voices and all kinds of stuff. But uh, most of our projects have been on the longer side, and it's really important to make sure the talent is really comfortable. So we tend to record them in a larger room with a comfy carpet and a nice yeah. view and uh snacks and beverages and you know really nice environment that everybody is really happy to be in and that usually ends up with resulting in a better product that's great and i try not to work with ultra stressed out directors but i haven't always been so lucky <laughs> brandon how about you uh not so much do's and don'ts but uh just a little vo story um i don't record vo people normally but back when i was working with you at trailer park mike uh, we were on Angels and Demons a long time ago, and they needed VO from Tom Hanks because the character in the movie didn't say what they wanted, you know, the character to say. Um, I guess it was ADR, not VO, really. But um, yeah, it was just like, uh, hey, Brandon, you know, in-house sound guy here at Trailer Park, can you go find a mic and go record Tom Hanks somewhere? Somewhere. So it was grab a Zoom. I grabbed the the four sixteen. I didn't have my own mics at the time. I grabbed the four sixteen that was in the VO booth at Trailer Park drove down to Santa Monica in some room, just set up a mic stand in the middle of the room and recorded him right on there and it went in the trailer. So it's, you know, it, you don't have to have the perfect room. It's, you know, you work with what you got. Uh, did you borrow my 416 at that time, the one that I had? <laughs> I, I probably did, yeah. It was either yours or they, they had one in the booth. Uh, on 11 control. Oh, park. that's right. They had one. That's hilarious. Yeah. Tom yeah. Hanks didn't have COVID 19 yet, Mike, so you don't have to worry about his saliva on the 416 at that oh, point. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, I, I shook his hand back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was an early carrier. <laughs> you know what? We get, we're going to be wrapping this up, but before we go, come on. This wouldn't be the Audio Nowcast without uh, a couple stories. I want everybody to think about their worst voiceover incident worst voiceover story and i'll tell you mine really quick while you guys are thinking um and i may have even mentioned this on uh on the podcast but um working with lindsey wagner bless her heart she was really nice doing voiceover for an hour show called animals are people too don't ask me but yes animals are people too <laughs> eight hours it was an eight hour session for a one hour show it was all day now this was going to be a series and they were going to do this every like you can't do eight hours and 
that was the worst thing ever. And it was all because the producer slash director did not have control over the session and just let Lindsay walk all over him. And it was so bad. We'd do a line and then she would want to see it up against picture because she'd want to see if it worked out. And he was totally intimidated by her. And, you know, just, it just, it was the worst session I've ever done. And voiceover, you know, it was, it was just boring. It was long and, it, and I just wanted to scream. So that's my worst session ever. And, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't Lindsay's fault. It was purely the producer director who didn't have control over the session. It just didn't know how to communicate that she didn't have to check every line. Anyway, uh, anybody else raise your hand if you want to, if you have a horror story you want to go to. Isa, let's listen to your horror story or, or do you want to do oh. yours last? No, I mean, I may not win, even though this is not a contest, but let me tell you. So, okay. Now, let me start by saying, due to the usage of this particular project, it only paid 145 bucks. Okay. Now, I agreed to do it, and it was because it was exciting. So, I was doing the introduction for the Guitar Hotel and Seminar Hard Rock Hotel for Jennifer Lopez's Super Bowl light show of the hotel with the guitar you know with the they do i guess some kind of i guess a fountain show to her, the that artist for the week whatever it was like very spectacular okay literally i'm looking at the the paragraph right now it's just Welcome to the world premiere of J-Lo Comes to Life, Guitar Hotel Spectacular. You're about to experience a dynamic light show orchestrated by the music of Jennifer Lopez. That was it. I'm looking at it. I'm on the phone with these people. It took three hours. Okay, <laughs> let me tell you why. No direction at all. Now, oh. now, now here's the thing. Anybody that's looking at this little itty bitty paragraph First of all, it's about Jennifer Lopez. So, of course, that's why I was uh, chosen. Fine. It is Latin-centric. So, the problem was is that once I recorded it, Jordan, I'm sure you get this a lot, and Tim, I'm sure you've heard this a lot. How many times in a week have you heard, I want you to sound really conversational, but then you're doing a promo or an announcement for thousands and thousands of people? So yeah. the first person for the first recording was like, I want you to, you know, to do it like if you're talking to me. And, of course, you and I, Jordan, would think, Okay, but I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to thousands of people in front of the, you know, guitar hotel. Anyway, in the midst of an hour and a half in, Jennifer Lopez's people walk into the room. Oh, no. And they heard the hard rock people say, this is literally what they told me. Uh, the people that are going to be there are very rich and very white. So we need to re... <laughs> We need to redo this recording, and I need you to take all the Latin out of it, Isa. Oh. And then, of course, when J when J Lo's people came in, they were like, "Yeah, no." Anyway, enough of dragging. It was an a hundred and forty-five dollars. Oh, that's fantastic and horrible mm. all at the same time. All right, Jordan, how about you? Man, there I I've been very fortunate. There haven't been many, um, but the one that I think is the one that I got the most irritated in. It was back in Colorado. And it, this one was like, it paid a little bit more. I think it was like five to 600 bucks. And it was just, but it was just a web spot, right? It was a two minute uh, promo for a big communications company for a certain camera product. I'll leave it there. 
Um, and there was a series of, of directors and copywriters and producers, and it was all on a phone patch, right? So I just had them patched in, and they were all listening from their, their offices and whatever. So I had, I had full playback capability, so I can record and playback takes and everything. And when I booked the gig, the, of course, there's always an audition spec, right? So you have to audition for it. And in that spec, they had a, an actual voice of some other, it's always a competitor. I always, it cracks me up. Like you get a, like a Honda audition and they'll reference a Toyota voice or the, the script will match a Toyota spot pretty much. I'm like, why are you just doing exactly what your competition? <laughs> I don't really get that. But anyway. <laughs> so they had this, they had this, it was a competitor and, and some other voice and they didn't know who it was, but they liked, and, and he had like a baritone-ish voice and it was like, it was a very, it was a very tough read and it was kind of very direct and like this because it was, it was geared towards police officers. And during the session, we're like, uh, with that in mind, we're, you know, maybe four or five lines in. And these five people all have their own opinion. But one was leading the show and she kept saying, she's like, uh, you, you, sound, you sound too young. It, we need it deeper and more tougher. And I'm like, okay and so i would and she's like and, and, and so i would do a take and she's like no low it's not low pitched enough it's not as low as the original and i'm like oh tim yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, go, just, go hire tim right um but so i i being having to be an audio engineer also and everything so i'm like you know what and, and i have a very good ear so i knew that i was going lower than the guy in the reference because i listened to it right before the session okay and so we're like 15 minutes into this bullshit. And I'm like, you know what? I can actually pull up that video and play it back for you guys right now. And then I can demonstrate to you that I'm actually going lower. And they're like, I, yeah, I don't think you are Jordan. Anyway. So I pull up the video. I, I patch it in through the phone patch and the guys, you know, it's like tougher, smarter, blah, blah. He's like at this pitch. And then my takes were tougher, smarter all the way down here. This is what I was doing. And the guy was doing this, but I was doing this. And then when I played it back side by side with my lower pitch, which is all she wanted, and she was like, oh, I, yeah, you're right. Here. <laughs> that, and it took like 35, 40 minutes to get to that because she kept saying you're not low enough. You're too young. Uh, right. <sighs> so that, I got real mad on that session. And she, but, but she shut the hell up after that as far as being like lower, lower, lower. So. That was, that's, yeah. That's so funny. And you know what? The problem with that story, well, not really a problem, but when you win an argument with a client, you don't really win. <laughs> there's, there's, I know. There's, there's no winners. <laughs> again, I wasn't even rude about it. I was just very direct. I'm like, yeah. look, you want lower, and I, I, am, I, I believe I am doing lower, but let me demonstrate to you, literally, like with science. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you just don't have an ear. I didn't say that, but, you know, I was very direct about it. <laughs> I didn't like throw a tantrum and that's what you have to do as the talent. Tim, how about you? Um, I, I'm kind of like Jordan. I've been kind of fortunate. Um, we've been lucky with people that we've had in here, fortunately for clients and all my sessions have been uh, fairly, fairly fine, which has been fortunate, but mine is actually my very first audition I ever got to do in person. And I was auditioning for a very first agent who ever called me in in Los Angeles when I got here in 2003. And I went in, I sat around my demo for about a year and a half and finally got somebody to, to bring me in and I went in and I read and I was, I was obviously I was nervous. I'd never been, never been in a booth before. And I walked out and he looks at me and he goes, what the hell was that? 
Like that wasn't that's not at all what your demo sounded like. What the heck you been doing? Like, and he was absolutely right. I hadn't been doing anything. And then it's like, okay, I'm gonna sign you. It's fine. So I've been with him since 2002. <laughs> and it's like a real local agent, very small, but you just walk out and your heart just sinks. You're like, you're like you know, you're nervous. But, mm. Hey, Tim, I just got one question for you. Yeah. What the hell was it? It certainly wasn't. <laughs> well, one of the things like that's odd about me is that I have, I have a very bad stuttering problem when I, and so when I get nervous, it, 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 it doesn't quite, things don't quite go the way they're supposed to. And so you spend a lot of time getting through your demo to sound good and then all that all your bad habits pop out as soon as you get nervous and you get into session so it's wow um, i talk really really fast and i stutter a lot so it's, it's i would have never guessed because you said i didn't know so this awesome i've never heard it. i was gonna say i didn't know that either <laughs> I talk really fast. Yeah. uh rob what about you i i have one it's just a quick funny story i don't know if it's a night it wasn't a nightmare for me it was a nightmare for my client but uh this is a while ago this would have been in the early 2000s <clears throat> when I was doing a ton of uh, commercial music and I've done a fair amount of character voices, not so much voiceover, but I've done a lot of like effecty character voicey stuff. And I was doing a huge national campaign for a major, uh, major product, which I can't mention the name, but uh, as part of it, they had done a voiceover read, but there, there's a part, this brand has a character that's like an iconic character that everybody on earth knows. And there was a line in the script where this character was going to say the line. So somebody else was, it was talking about baked goods and somebody else was saying, you know, these are going to be great baked goods or whatever. And then the character had a line or two. And just so we could hear it, I did the character's voice, just like a demo. And it sounded exactly like it though. And when the client came over, they didn't realize it wasn't the contract player whose job it is to be that character. And so they ended up finishing the spot and never getting the actual guy oh, to record the oh, voice. Oh. <laughs> and then, oh my God. And then the poop hit the fan when they found out that it was not the actual contract guy. No one could tell the difference, but oh. it ended up going to air with my voice and they ended up paying me, but they never ended up. <laughs> I actually made a ton of money from it. And it's an iconic character. And I always figured, well, maybe someday if that other guy kicks the bucket, I'll get the gig. But. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Wow. After, after the podcast, you're gonna have to name a name because I can. I I'll tell you guys. I definitely <laughs> can go out public with it. Uh, hey, uh, Brandon, how about you? Any? You had the great story there with Tom Hanks. Can't really top that. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm a sound designer. I don't do a lot of VO recording other than myself. So it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I work well with myself. But <laughs> how about you, Nick? Oh, I've got a. I've got a good one. Um, <laughs> in in 2006, I had um, signed on with Activision to be an audio director for a new studio that they had, and we were doing an X-Men game. And so um, we, the time came for us to record Sir Patrick Stewart. And I thought, oh, no big deal. This is, this is cool. And you know, he was in London and we were in, you know, the Bay Area. And so I was on the phone with the recording studio and then, you know, Jean-Luc Picard gets on there and I get this horrible realization that Jean-Luc Picard is doing what I'm telling him to do. <laughs> and I got this just sick feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, 
what kind of poser am I? How am I supposed to tell Patrick Stewart how to play Professor X? So uh, it, it all went great, but I was just, I mean, I was just sick to my stomach realizing that I was on the phone with one of my biggest idols, you know, and he was actually listening to me as to what to do. Oh. That's it. <laughs> That's a fantastic story. Hey, on the way out, because we're going we're gonna to end this right now, I got to tell you, along those same lines, I had to record William Shatner doing voiceover ah, for ah, National ah, Geographic. Ah, and I was sick to my stomach about having to work with him. I was nervous. Oh. And the session was at 6 a.m. because he was shooting that day. So I, I literally I had to be at the studio at 5 a.m. And I was just nervous and I couldn't sleep the night before. And I got to tell you, he came in and it was the best session ever. Like he was such a pro and, and it worked out. He couldn't have been a nicer guy. Now he wasn't warm fuzzy. There was no warm fuzzies, right? Some artists get in there and they're all warm fuzzy with you, but, but he was all pro and he was just right on the money, you know, for, for warm fuzzies, Bruno Kirby was probably the nicest person I ever recorded. And that guy was just, he was, he was like, just you know, just he you thought he was just a normal dude coming in off the off the street. And but the best person was Angela Lansbury. I worked with her mm. for a charity for a couple of weeks, and she recorded a birthday greeting for my dad that I played for him. So she is such a sweetheart. She's so nice. So VO people, that's why I have such an affinity for voiceover people because they're always really, really cool. They're just the coolest people. So I <laughs> want to thank Isa. I want to thank Tim. And I want to thank you, Jordan, for joining us on this, on this podcast. It was really great. And really quick, do you guys want to like, Isa, do you want to plug, plug yourself? If do you have a website or anything, if anybody wanted to hire you or who your agent is or anything like that? Sure. Um, I'm, um, my agency is Atlas. Um, and then it's Issa, I-S-S-A voice.com. So Issa voice.com. And, uh, and Tim, do you want to add anything? I know you already, we already did yours, but do you have anything yeah, else you want to add? My, my personal website's Tim, uh, Tim Friedlander.com. And it's Friedland, spelled like Friedlander. Uh, Great. That's about it. Yeah. And, uh, and Jordan, how about you? Do you want to plug your, uh, your services? Sure. Uh, JordanReynolds.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N, not Jordan, as my grandma calls me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's JordanReynolds.com for my voiceover stuff. And I've got, I do, I produce demos and I consult with talent for their audio um, and their, in their VO home studios and stuff too. So all that's kind of funneled through there. I have multiple websites, but I'm not going to be a douche and list. Go here and go here and go here. (laughs) Follow me on this. So JordanReynolds.com. Hey, one thing I've always been impressed with uh, with the voiceover talent is you guys have such a great sense of community. I mean, I can tell you guys are all friends and you're, you're yeah. willing there to be there for each other. And I just think in times like this, especially, it's super important to to maintain all those relationships and to have those relationships in the first place. So yeah. good job. We good job it. to you guys. Okay. Hey, Rob, do you want to talk about anything uh, you're, uh, you're working on in your secret lab up there? No, I don't want anyone to contact me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, I don't have anything to plug at the moment, but uh, yeah, I'm continuing to work on some of the artificial intelligence and music technology stuff we've talked about. And I can't leave the house and can't get up from the computers except to do this podcast. So I'm getting a lot of work done. (laughs) Well, take care of our studio there. I miss that place. Guys, that's where where we normally record. Yeah, and I'm sitting at Mike's chair using Mike's mic. <laughs> oh, hopefully I have COVID last time. I, I miss it. <laughs> Brandon, how about you? You working on anything you want to plug? Uh, just cranking out a new uh, 
new album of trailer music and sound design for my uh, my library secret weapon sound. So, cool. And by the way, Brandon, you got to check out his library because anytime I have any sound effect that I need, I'll call Brandon up and he'll have it. He'll have the right sound for whatever it is. <laughs> hey, do you have a uh, swish hit after a, you know, uh, voiceover that came from a gnome oh yeah do this <laughs> how about you nick you gonna plug anything uh yeah i want to plug um my friend randy's blog because of the fact that he is doing exactly what we were talking about here so he is you know now now that we've all at disney been you know relegated to our homes he's spent his spare time trying to help the the recording community and the vo community with remote recording as well so in addition to tim's uh, awesome information. I be, his his name is Randy Coppinger, C O P P I N G E R, and I want to say that it's randycoppinger.com. I don't remember. It is. You can look up. It is, and you can find him. And he's the sweetest man, and he is all about helping other people. Awesome. So uh, I just want I want to I want to I want to shout out to my 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 peep Randy instead of talking about anything I'm doing. Fantastic. And what are you up to, Mike? Anything to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm actually working on a documentary uh, on uh, the song We Built a City. I've been shooting it for the last year, and it's phenomenal. And it's the 35th anniversary, and this is the first time I've actually talked about it. Um, and uh, cutting a trailer, and Jordan did the voiceover, and it's amazing. And and we're, we literally shut down production after we got like 90% of the interviews. So we're trying to figure out how to incorporate everything that's happening and we're going to incorporate it into the documentary because there's just no way to not do that. Um, and it actually just adds, you know, it just adds another layer to the story. Um, but yeah, so that's been, that's been kind of fun and hopefully it won't slow us down too much. So there you go. But it's all because, you know, having home studios and setting yourself up. So the lesson to be learned is if you're into something and you want to do it and if you want, you know, you take it seriously, you know, just set yourself up so you can always work on it. You can always be better. You can always get better. You can always do something a little bit more, find a new technique. Hey, you can always get a new microphone, you know, voiceover guys, you know, the, the microphones, everybody has four sixteens. All right. If there's any advice I'd give microphone like voiceover people. Yeah. Start experimenting, man. Start getting out there and look, if you really want to do something mind blowing, you should, and if you can afford it, you should look at some of the more expensive microphones, but not the super expensive ones, like the $2,500 range. They have some amazing new ones that are out that will blow you away. That, that those, when you get microphones of that quality, they actually do make you sound better. I mean, would you, would you agree, uh, Rob? Like when you start working with those really good ones, it just brings out that, that little extra punch and that's why vocalists on the music side we've always known this we've always known you can take an average person get a really great microphone preamp combination and just create magic so there's it's not like you know the magic here but there's definitely there anyway from myself thank you so much isa tim jordan um next week we are celebrating audio nowcast podcast number 200 And our 14th year anniversary, we're also going to do that. So from myself and all the guys, I want to uh, say thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. We'll see you, Joanne. 
Thanks for listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wireworld Pro Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and features a panel with Rob Arbitier, Bobby Osinski, Scott Gershon, Nick Peck, Diego Stucco, Brandon Birdside, Martin Page, Bobby Summerfield, and maybe a guest or two. We'll see you next time.